Welcome to the Alcal, a low-carb ancestral living podcast. I'm your host, Pim Johnson, and each week I'm bringing you new guests who will share their opinions and expertise on different topics related to health and well-being. Enjoy! Hi, and welcome to Alcal, a low-carb ancestral living with Pim Johnson. Today I have kind of a special interview for you. I have three guests in the room right now and the fourth might be arriving popping in and out so this um, these three girls are the butter dish girls Adek, Emily and Cherish and I wanted them to come on today because no matter what the topic is we always gather information with regards to what is happening in men for men by men <laughs> and we are biologically very different because of our hormones and we respond differently so i thought that these girls were the perfect people to come on today and talk about what it is like to be a carnivore and a woman and just address different issues that we see or do not see when it comes to women trying to start a carnivore diet so welcome to the show girls thank you thank you Pam. And here we have our fifth guest, just after I Uh-oh. introduce everyone. Hi, Bella. <laughs> nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. So, yes, I didn't introduce you because you weren't here yet, but let's continue with the introduction. And this is Bella. A lot of you, if you're following the carnivore community, probably know her already. She's the steak and butter girl. And she uh, is here to give us our hour her five cents about what it is to be a female carnivore <laughs> so thank you so much for joining thank you so much i'm so excited hey yeah hey <laughs> okay so i want you to i want to go through you girls one by one if we can just take a few minutes not too many and if you can just introduce yourselves tell us how and why you started doing the carnivore diet what the best part of being a carnivore is for you and if there's something specific that you want to add that you kind of notice from a female perspective as well, feel free to do so. So if we can start with Emily, because she's on the top. <laughs> Absolutely. How I came to carnivore was uh, I was doing keto and fasting and a friend of mine uh, journaled in depth about her own journey on carnivore. She was the intermittent fasting friend and I was struck by her, uh, I, I now know it as food freedom, but how, how much she was able to um, live her life free of obsessing about food and free of cravings. And this was so appealing to me. And so I kind of camped out on her journey, watched her journey. Tiffany Henschel, she was my mentor in this space. Um, I started learning about Instagram and just started learning and learning and learning from anybody that I could. Um, my why was that I had wonderful success uh, with fasting and keto. I had lost 100 pounds, but I still didn't feel confident that I was going to keep the weight off because I was still controlled by cravings and I still had binging and I was completely addicted to keto sweets, keto treats, to all the Franken foods that were out on the market that was labeled keto. Uh, so I still wasn't yep. whole food based and I knew that there was a better answer for me. Um, so as a female, for me, it just improved my confidence. And so that was um, one of the best things I could do is my overall mental health, physical health and sense of wellness and confidence have been um, completely improved with 100% carnivore. That's awesome. Thank you. Adek, you're mm-hmm. next. Thank you, Pim. Oh, my turn. I think um, my main reason why I've 
wanted to look for something that was so uh, that would suit me would fit me was because I was just afraid of eating it's literally scared to eat and I needed to find something that would actually you know don't need to eat so much to get enough your nutrition in, in that instead of having to go on supplements or anything else I found on the internet carnivore diet and uh, and I have to say Bella is she, she was the second person that actually convinced me to <laughs> to do it because Yay. I saw this this girl just eating loads of two pound <laughs> two pieces of butter steaks and just indul- <laughs> indulging and smirking and enjoying it and I wanted that that's what I wanted and uh, yeah, that's how it started. <laughs> and I've never, I've never touched uh, anything else after that. I just, just meat for me. And I think the best thing I like is about carnivore is that I'm, I'm allowed to indulge. I am just, I'm just allowed to feast to my heart's content and just not to feel starving ever again. That's where we're in court. <laughs> that's so awesome. Cherish. Okay, so similar to uh, what Emily said, I found carnivore by way of keto. I had done keto for a year. I uh, stalled out. I had a real problem with my scale and nut butters. I was addicted to both of those, constantly weighing myself and not feeling very good about what I was seeing. So I'm watching all the YouTubes and I'm delving into this information and lo and behold, uh, Kelly Hogan's talking about this steak and butter gal and, you know, air frying steaks. And so I, (laughs) you know, started watching Bella's content and was intrigued by it. And then, of course, you know, she's got this great body composition and I wanted that. That's originally why I started. It was like, okay, I'm stalled on the scale, screw the scale. How can I get this, you know, good body composition that I would love to have? And then I also was really addicted to those nut butters. So I thought that this would be a good way to try and get rid of that stuff. Um, And so I joined her 30-day challenge and met these other lovely women. And I just adore this way of eating. It's so simple. For me, keto became also another thing that was um, affecting my mood because of the tracking that's involved, you know. Uh, It actually caused some strife in my marriage because my husband's almost a foot bigger than me. And he can eat more of those total carbs and get away with it. I can't. And then he would make these meals where I couldn't eat. So... Carnivore is just so much simpler. You just eat the meat, eat the fat, happy hormones. Perfect. That's what I love about it. Awesome. Thank you. Bella. Yes. So I wanted to open up with a DM that I got today. Um, And it was from a fellow female. She was young and she was looking to heal her amenorrhea. And she was so smart to ask me, hey, Bella, can you show me tips on how to be 80 to 90% high fat carnivore? Because I want to heal my amenorrhea. And I told her, you are wise because you are right on the right track to heal that amenorrhea. And I have experience in that exactly because I brought my I brought back my period after two years of not having it on carnivore. And what I did was I ate high, high fat carnivore. So I really want to stress this right now because as a female, as a 25-year-old female, 
I think the animal fats is where the magic is at, where all of the healing is at. And I was able to bring back my period in just two months of carnivore just by eating as much as I wanted, as much fat as I wanted. And that's something that Adek said. She saw that I was just going all in, being free of any restriction <laughs> and just eating as much as I want. And I want to stress that, like, that is so important. After years and years and years of us being told that we have to look a certain way, eat a certain way, restrict a certain de- to a certain degree, right? Carnivore diet is beautiful because you can let that go. You can just eat as much as you want. Yeah. So how did you get into carnivory? Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, yes. Okay. So I got into carnivory because of some very brave women who shared their vegan to carnivore journeys. So in the beginning, I watched a lot of, of course, Kelly Hogan. Well, she was an ex-vegan, but she was one of the females who so boldly shared her journey. And she also was very relatable because she's tall. She went through a bunch of weight gain. And I really listened to her story so much in the beginning when I was gaining weight. I gained 25 pounds initially. And I just remember walking to school, listening to podcasts, every podcast with her, because I believed I too will shed that weight. And guess what? Three years later, I'm free of all of that extra weight. I'm at my best body composition. I feel my best. I'm so confident because this diet is amazing. And I also want to shout out Azra Konlu because she was ex-vegan and she shared her journey of being raw carnivore. So obviously raw carnivore is not necessary, but she was super inspiring to me. Yeah, correct me if I'm wrong, but in the beginning you did actually gain weight, didn't you? Yes, I did. I gained 25 pounds. Yeah. And I think that is a fear that is kind of floating around. Like, oh my God, I started doing that and now I'm gaining weight. I'm supposed to lose weight. What what would you say to that? So that fear is uh, completely understandable because gaining weight is like the scariest thing ever, right? (laughs) And then stepping on that scale and seeing the number going up is kind of like the end of the world to a lot of us women and men and men. Mm -hmm. So when that weight gain starts, it can be very discouraging. It can, you know, tell us like, oh, suddenly we feel like this diet is not for us because so many of us wants to start carnivore to lose weight, to lose fat, to get lighter, to decrease that number on the scale. But I personally believe we have to adjust our mindset. Instead of prioritizing and obsessing over wanting to lose weight, we have to prioritize to heal first, to feel amazing first, to feel confident in our own skin first. And then the weight will shed naturally. I think if you are consistent, consistency is key. If you can try your best to be as pure, strict carnivore as possible, because those little ingredients like stevia, those little plant foods like nuts, nut butters, Cherish mentioned, that is damaging your health, not just your health, but also it's preventing your body from reaching that perfect body composition, set weight. So I think consistency and being as strict carnivore as possible will go a long way to get to that body composition. Yeah, thank you for that. I think that's really important for people to hear because you might gain 25 pounds. And it's okay. It will come off again if you continue doing what you're doing. So I'm going to throw 
uh, a few statements or questions. Okay. Sorry, Adek, did you want to say something? No, I just wanted to add something yeah. real quickly because we do, we uh, we say, you know, heal first and stuff like that, but it is true. It's uh, If you just have to listen to the seasoned carnivores and listen to their stories and say that, you know, healing comes first. And when when that's done, when your body's strong enough, it will let go. So it's, uh, but we, uh, I, uh, the mindset needs to be changed for sure. Absolutely. Right. So. I'm going to throw a statement out or a quick question and whoever has a good answer, yeah, we can have several answers to the same question, can just go for it. So women need carbs because otherwise they will lose the period. Go. I missed the oh. statement, Pam, one more time. Women need carbs because otherwise they will lose the period. Well. I don't have my period anymore, but um, I know that women don't need carbs in order to not have a period. They need fat. Yeah. Uh, I have my period. Excellent. And like I mentioned before, <laughs> I lost it for two years, but I brought it back because I cut out the carbs and I introduced more animal fats, a lot of animal proteins. So I am living proof that that is not true. And on top of that, my cycles are painless. They are so much shorter than they used to be when I was eating plants and carbs and sugar and junk. And um, my mood is so stable. So I don't have the PMS symptoms. I don't get all cranky and moody. I think that goes a long way to show that diet does matter and carbs are not necessary. Yeah. Okay. Negative changes um, relating to periods when you're starting. Oh, go oh. No, go on. Sorry, you took too long. It's the delay between you and I. I think your connection. <laughs> oh no, there, I know there might be a delay or something. <laughs> yes, oh, go shoot. on. You talk. No, I'm just gonna say that we see. Okay, we see so much reverse aging in our challenge members, and so this has been incredible. And so, and one of the things that we see is we see women getting their hair color turning back. We see that mm -hmm. their eyebrows coming back, and these are women that are in their 60s, 70s, at all different age brackets. And then I have, I see a lot of women that are sadly, um, have kind of gone through like an early menopause and they'll, they'll actually get their period again, uh, from the, when they're getting this hyper nourishment and nutritious state mm. from a carnivore, which I look at as, okay, this is a good sign. This is your fertility. This is your strength. This is your body saying I'm super, super strong and can make babies. Um, they're not always thrilled. <laughs> so I was just going to say that I do I see that quite a bit is a, re a return of periods in. Uh, women that are in the peri stage and even a little bit in the post stage. Wow, that's amazing. Because once, you, I mean, I, I don't think I've ever heard anyone talking about people starting to get the period back after actually gone through perimenopause and menopause, and then all of a sudden they get the period back. Mm -hmm. That's kind of magic. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay, so negative changes <laughs> with relation uh, with in relation to periods like longer periods, heavier periods, more pain when you're starting a carnivore diet. I have seen people saying that that is happening. So what's going on here? Ah, okay. So at first I was perplexed because I just said, yeah, my periods are shorter. It's less painful. 
But I realized that sometimes initially part of the adaptation phase for women, especially young women who go from a diet that is very restrictive, like the vegan diet, or even just like a lifestyle that incorporates a lot of restricting, starving, over fasting, and then they go into carnivore where they just let go and they eat so much more, uh, the, the hormones will have to regulate. And when the hormones regulate, the cycle does change. Sometimes the period is longer. Sometimes it's a lot heavier. Sometimes it's just very, um, what do you call it? Uh, spotty throughout the month, just inconsistent. This is all normal. I would just say, trust the process, keep going carnivore, uh, give it time to let the hormones regulate. Sweet. I would also add that your menstrual cycle is a barometer for your overall health. So diet's just one component of it, right? And I'll give you an anecdotal story. My daughter was having her period every two weeks. She is not a carnivore, so she purposely does eat carbohydrates to my my dismay. But, you know, we're working on it. <laughs> and, you know, it... It wasn't necessarily what she was eating, but it was the fact that this kid was putting herself under a lot of stress. She was going to school full time and two part time jobs. And I looked at her and I said, you need to quit one of those jobs. Because I knew if I took her to an OBGYN that they would stick her on hormones to regulate her period. I did not want that. I knew that she could not do all in carnivore. I know my kid. I know what they serve at the school. There's no way that's going to be possible for her. So the next best thing is to reduce her stress, see what happens. And sure enough, listen to her mother, thank goodness. And she quit one of her jobs and everything regulated. So I think there's a lot of variables that people should look at if they're struggling in that area. It might not just be carnivore. Be something else. Yeah, but I think we have to remember that as when you're changing a diet, that is a stress on the body. Everything has to change the biological function, the upregulating of some enzymes, how you burn energy. Everything has to change. So that is a major stress in itself. So that could explain it. Thank you. So I think we covered this one, but what about postmenopausal women? I often see them saying, can a postmenopausal woman do this diet or is it dangerous for some reason? Most definitely. I don't think it's dangerous just because, um, yeah, we do see it as the best diet there is or the only diet that we should eat, but that's my opinion. But so even uh, postmenopausal women who just eat carnivore, and and we have seen many of our members who are actually yeah, like Emily says, in their 60s, 70s, 50s, and they are thriving. They they are just surprising us with their, all their beautiful victories, and uh, that to me is already I'm the, my my reason just to keep on going till I'm till I'm in that age as well. <laughs> Yeah, what about pregnancy? Every, every... Oh. Go on. I'm too quick. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what? 
Um, well, I'm going to be a carnivore. Uh, going to have a carnivore. Oh, yes, yes. Speaking <laughs> of pregnancy, yeah, I'll speak yes. on the pregnancy part. I definitely will have kids. I speak about this matter with uh, the coaches here all the time, and I get their advice, their mama advice. So I'm really excited to have kids in the future. And I know for a fact, I did my research. Of course, I will do research to know and be uh, best prepared to be pregnant, like what diet is best, what practice is best. Obviously, carnivore diet is the baby making diet. It's pretty well known in the uh, carnivore community and keto community as well. (laughs) Eating that fatty meat is going to make you fertile. And this applies to men as well. I recently interviewed uh, the carnivore fertility specialist, Dr. Robert Kiltz. Shout out to him because he's putting out a lot of great content showing up on podcasts talking about this issue is the issue of infertility in women and men these days. And what is the resolution? This uh, The solution to this is to go carnivore and to eat high fat meats and to uh, lower the stress by exercising less. That's so awesome when he said that, because I don't like to exercise hard, <laughs> at least. And he promotes mm-hmm, and he promotes not, you know, stressing out the body by doing strenuous exercises, especially cardio, and instead doing enjoyable exercises like uh, beautiful scenic walks and hikes with loved ones, those types of things. Uh, but yeah, pregnancy is a n- no big deal when you want to... Uh, go carnivore. It's definitely going to happen. Yeah. Uh, Cherish, you wanted to say something. Go ahead. Yes. Well, we're past that topic now. We're talking about Oh, no. Well, <laughs> oh, we're not. <laughs> we're rewinding. Postmenopausal women. <laughs> I was just yeah. going to mention on how in our community, we, I, and I can see their faces right now, how many beautiful women that we have mm-hmm. and men who seem to just be reversing in age. Their mm-hmm. skin is just glowing on these Zoom calls and they, you know, they talk about their inflammation is better and that they're able to move more easily. And just, it's, it is wonderful uh, healing that they have been able to, and I'm just marveled every time they show up. It's like, I can't believe some of our members who are in their 70s that do this diet and they just look fantastic. Well, yeah, I want to add to that too that we get a lot of stories of the the joint pain reducing and folks that couldn't do stairs before mm-hmm. and now they do stairs they're not even thinking about it and they're they're like oh I forgot I couldn't I didn't you be able to do that and so what Cherish is saying about this uh, anti-inflammatory uh, effect of the carnivore diet especially if maybe you layer a little bit of fasting and on top of that. It just is helpful to any disease process, which are the lifestyle diseases, which tend to show up more and more and more in the postmenopausal population because we've had that much damage. We've had decades of damage by then, and it kind of gets to an explosion is is a a breaking point in our health. And so that's one of the things that's so amazing about going carnivore is the anti-inflammatory properties of the diet. Um, I did want to speak to the pregnancy chapter as well. I thought, you know, what a beautiful thing to do when you're growing a baby is to be eating all of the substrates that make the healthiest, strongest baby. And I learned about this way back when I was taking a Bradley Childbirth method. method. They taught us all about protein, how important it was for the amniotic sac to have a nice, strong sac to have the proteins. We tracked all this protein and everything. Uh, but now it's like, oh, that makes sense. That's why that was so such an important component of it is 
a high fat animal based diet is also quite sufficient in protein, which is the substrate that we build all of our tissues and these beautiful little growing humans of in our body. So it's a perfect time to embrace the carnivore diet. Awesome. What about breastfeeding? Da -da -da -da. <laughs> well, <laughs> we, we tell our members. <laughs> yeah, I fat, yeah, high protein, lots of milk production. <laughs> yeah. So completely safe. Does it give the baby everything yeah. that it needs? I believe it will. We we do. Uh, yeah, we advise our members who are breastfeeding to go carnivore and just to have give the baby what it needs with through the mother. Yeah, as much as you want. Okay. But then again, yeah, we're not medical practitioners, but, you know, we just do it from, we see from experience that it does, that it is very helpful for babies and very good for the baby. Yes, I'm mostly looking for your experience because you, um, I don't know how many people you've taken through and helped starting to do the carnivore diet. So just from anecdotes like what you see what what people are telling you how it's going yeah. for them etc that's all we're looking for because ultimately there are no studies on the carnivore diet there is no we can't go and search and look in the literature if someone's following in the carnivore diets or a group of people doing that for 50 years we don't have that yet so we have to look at what's working do people get healthy babies after doing this I suspect the answer is yes we do have we do have one member who has um a lot of babies and she's current breastfeeding mother and the fact that she just joined our group and our challenge um says says it all to me and they all come in and we do this special process you know bart went through with the priming and we encourage all breastfeeding mothers prime eat as much as you can because it's all going to be nourishment for the babies and the feedback, and Bella, maybe you could back me up on this, the feedback that we seem to be getting from the community is that it's going well. You know, there might be a little bit discouragement with holding on to some weight, but other than that, it's all for nourishment of the babies. And then they can't wait to get to the fasting part once breastfeeding is over. <laughs> Obviously, they have to continue to nourish themselves. No fasting, no fasting zone uh, when breastfeeding. but. Yeah, we're hearing great things. Yes. And I can back that up for sure. So I think our body will get the job done, whatever job it needs to get done, once it is fed nutrient-dense foods and enough of it. So that's the whole concept behind the priming is to make sure you're getting enough of the food, ample amounts of it, maybe even on the surplus side. Because especially for mamas who are breastfeeding and we have members who are doing that on the priming, on carnivore, you need to have a very nice supply of nutrients for the mom uh, while she recovers from the pregnancy, but also for the baby as this baby grows. So I, I don't know the science behind it, but I do know for a fact that when your hormones are healthy and happy, everything is done perfectly, seamlessly, easily. So uh, just as someone who is not pregnant, not breastfeeding, right? I did the priming for six months. I'm now eating whatever I'm hungry, which happens to be OMAD, sometimes too mad. Uh, but my cycle is every single month happening, right? It is always regular. It is always super painless, nice and short. It went from nine days 
to now three to four days. So that's an awesome life as a female. Like we don't have to suffer every single month during that time. We can still continue living our lives, achieving our dreams, being ambitious and creative and productive. Um, Kind of off topic from breastfeeding, but I I believe carnivore is great. (laughs) On topic. (laughs) On topic. This is one of the most beautiful, nourishing things we can do. And this is such an important job when we have this precious season in our lives. I've had four kids. I was able to breastfeed all of them. And I'm so thankful. And, you know, what mom's eating is what baby gets. And so, I, you know, I, I was not carnivore during my pregnancies and during those those years of my life and those decades of my life. Um, I wish I was. I was so con- uh, conscious of everything that I do to take care of me, takes care of the baby. The way that it works, it takes care of the baby first. And so that's why we just think, hey, this is a great time to overnourish mom because you are literally pouring your life energy into this amazing person that you created. And this is the perfect time to just nourish yourself and love yourself fully. You don't ever have to be hungry. You don't have to restrict. This is just a feasting time. And it's so beautiful for this this mother and baby pair. I absolutely think it's the way to go. You should have another uh, one. I wanted to say I'm not a mom, but... I, I'm not a mama yet. It's okay. But, uh, you know, I look at these ladies and I'm just thinking, wow, this, these are just such great examples for their kids. And we have, have just, isn't it amazing to have Carmen of our mom and they're just, and then I just picture their mother, their, their kids and their, and soon to be kids, uh, uh, future kids to just look at these confident ladies and women. And, and, yeah. And I you know, have these as examples. Mm. And I love that. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely, that's so important. So Cherish mentioned something about fasting and I want to bring that up because often we hear that women shouldn't be fasting or women can fast the first two weeks in their cycle but not the last two weeks or anything more than 16 hours is going to be detrimental. All these things that women cannot fast. So what do you say to that? I'll let Emily go first because she's our fasting guru. Fasting, <laughs> mama. Uh, yeah, well, it's true, Pim. In in an environment of, of under eating and poor nutrition, I agree with one hundred percent of the things that you said. That that's that you probably should be very strategic and careful if you're already in a, a deficiency, and so your body is already weakened. You're already overstressed. You're already triggering all kinds of pathways that are. Uh, you know, not helpful that are going to, that potentially can lead to like an adrenal crash or a thyroid crisis or a big energy drain. Um, so I do think that, that if you are not careful that, and are not really feasting well, that you better slow down with all that. Um, the way that we go about it and what Raymond has really taught us in what we truly believe is this is so important is we take it from a feasting orientation. So we start with our priming. Every time we eat is a time to feast. Our fasts are a little different. We call them a fast, but we really, Stephen has helped us thinking this through. It's actually a fed state because we are so thoroughly feasted from the last time that we ate that we're not having um, this extreme hunger. We're not using, we're not challenging ourselves to go further. We're not using salts, electrolytes, like all these things to just push us, coffee, substances, stimulants. We're not doing this. And so it's really a different style of fasting that we're doing that I actually have never come across before. Um, And so I 
hear that uh, those concerns and I share them adamantly for women that are coming from an under eating perspective. We're coming from a hormone saturation perspective. And so the way that we fast, the body's quite tolerable of it. And of course, we look for all the signs of symptoms of uh, that it's too much fasting or it's pushing the body a little bit too hard. You'll, you'll see things, you'll see digestion, you'll see sleep issues, you'll see mood issues, you'll see energy issues. You don't get a crash that just comes up and pops you out of nowhere. And you're going from great to like, now I'm, I'm in a really stressed state. Um, so I do think the safety is in the feasting. And we absolutely will tell women that are uh, in their cycles that in a couple of days leading up to their period to go ahead and lay off and go into a no fasting zone, just follow your appetite during that period of time. And then just, you can just come back to it later. So that's kind of a, how we approach women's health and fasting. Sweet. Yep. Go. No. We're done with that one. I think that's, yeah, that's I agree. I completely agree with Emily. Yeah, that's how we go about it. Well, Wait. and I can uh, speak from my experience in the steak and butter. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Um, I can speak from my own experience with following Raymond's protocol. The first time I followed it, I didn't time properly. And I was able to do one rolling 48 and subsequently uh, just had a really hard time recovering from it. Um, mm -hmm. I wound up not even being able to do one meal a day, which I used to be able to do with ease. And I realized that I had just crashed my hormones. I wound up doing a Dutch test and everything was on the low end. So I knew I had to do something different. Um, and so I opened up my ears, <laughs> I listened, and I decided to go ahead and not only prime for the recommended two weeks that he, he recommends and that we recommend in our program, but because I had, you know, uh, a procedure coming up that required me to, you know, have a little anesthesia, whatever, I was like, you know what, I'm just going to, the whole month, I'm just going to go for it the whole month, prime the whole month. Did put on a little bit of weight, had a little bit of a muffin top. That's okay. I just let it go. And uh, yeah. So ever since then, the fasting, I went through all three levels, just like you guys did. And it was a lot easier. Um, it wasn't, I won't say easier. It was a lot more comfortable. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll buy that. Yeah. So it all comes down to how well-nourished you are when you're actually going into the fast. And I've seen this so many times. I've had helped a lot of people, both men and women, by the way. I just want to point that out, that this is very common in men as well, as I see it anyway. You say, I'm stuck, I can't lose weight, and I'm doing OMAD, and I'm doing, you know, longer fast, and, and I'm, I can't eat less. And I'm like, eat more, and the weight just comes off straight away. So I didn't know about the concept of priming, mm -hmm. but yeah. I have been doing that for, and helping people with that for years. And every single time they start eating more, the weight comes off. So for women who don't do well with fasting, just make sure that you eat enough before you start doing it. And that you are comfortable. <laughs> when always you always say that it's uh, <laughs> not required, that fasting is a tool. Fasting is a tool yeah. that you can utilize. Mm. It can really help. 
but you know, it's, it's not our only tool. So a lot of body recomp you'll get naturally. You don't have to follow our schedules or do our program or anything. We would ask that most people go through the priming process because we think that most people are undernourished. And so a, a season or a period of time for them to take on full nourishment, we think restores health in all areas for, for people. I want to add on this. So as an observer in the meetings that we do every month in the challenge, just watching uh, Coach Emily work alongside Coach Raymond with what they teach in their priming classes alone. I'm not talking about fasting, but the priming, which is kind of the uh, precursor before you start doing any fasting. When I see the way they encourage our members to just eat, the way that they just give them permission, right, to let go of any restrictions, to let go of any fears of anything. And when Raymond and Emily give that green light to the community, it is everything in making sure that the nutrition happens, that the nourished, the well-fed stage begins. And I think a lot of people have that block, whether it be mental block or they have all of these like uh, fears in life of either gaining weight or um, not being able to be in control of the numbers, right? Uh, when the coaches give them permission and that authority almost, it's life changing. So that's why I have to say, you know, yes, the schedules are great. Yes, they put in their heart and soul in these schedules and stuff. But just showing up to those meetings and just hearing them speak in courage is so helpful. And even me as like the host who's pretty experienced three years in. Even me hearing them speak like that, it inspires me every single week to keep going, to keep preaching, to keep sharing the word, um, just because I know how powerful it is. So, yeah. Well, Brilliant. Thank you. Such a beautiful wow. thing. I literally have had, uh, you know, I work with one-on-one uh, -on -one clients and we do team coaching and all these things that we're out there helping folks to get these if they want that individual attention. And in the last couple of weeks, I've had two clients like brought to tears with this permission. They're like, really? They just stop everything. One of them was a, a friend from my, uh, from my early twenties that just kind of popped up out of nowhere and messaged me. Will you coach me? Of course I'll coach you. And oh. you know, she just couldn't believe it. She was like, really? <laughs> I get to eat. I don't have to restrict. I don't have to be mean to myself and punish myself. I can just, just mm -hmm. eat. It's like, yes, really? <laughs> so it's, it's humbling and it's, it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> I, I think I can just share my story as well because yes. even after a year of carnivore, I was doing it on my own and I thought I could do it all on my own. I didn't need any help. But <laughs> but when I realized that even I was a carnivore, I was just eating not enough and I was uh, still counting and uh, calories and uh, looking at how much fat I was eating But in the when I joined the crew. Was a Raymond who said you have my permission to eat, and then I started feasting, and then I and then I shared that how much I was eating. I think about a week later, I was sort of a bit ashamed. I was just a bit scared, and he was like, "Yes, you're eating so much, that's wonderful!" And that's that's how I was able to let go of everything else as well. <laughs> oh, that's so funny! <laughs> eat more. <laughs> oh, I love it. Are, yes. What about favorite hair loss? <laughs> yeah, eat more. Mm. Okay, hair loss. <laughs> well, one of the main reasons so, that we see hair loss is from under eating. 
um, and yeah. over fasting. Mm-hmm. And so anytime a stressor comes, you know, any, and well, there's a large, large amount of weight loss as well. So hair loss comes usually uh, several months after the triggering event. So sometimes it's hard to figure out what that triggering event really was. Um, but it can oftentimes be helped by increasing protein or increasing fat, you know, oftentimes fat. And so th- these are the modalities that are going to happen when someone changes to a 100% carnivore diet. You can see some transition in the shock of the diet as well. And so sometimes you're going to get these little glitchy things. It's kind of like what, what Bella referred to with our hormones, kind of going through some bouncy waves as you transition. We actually typically see more restoration of that and the baby hair is starting to come out as people are more nourished and really come into this feasting standpoint. Um, but it is hard to exact, to narrow in exactly what that hair loss, hair loss was coming from. Um, but this is just amazing when we see the, the, the color coming back, hair coming in thicker. Um, and of course, someone that has a, a history of overfasting and under eating, they've gotten used to not having very much hair at all. Mm-hmm. Wow. We get so many members that get so excited when their hair starts to grow back. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have women who have not had hair on their legs for years. Get excited <laughs> about having to shave. I hate shaving. Okay? Me too. I do not <laughs> like it at all. I don't like waxing. I don't like shaving. It's a necessary evil. But to see somebody in our community who has struggled in that area get so excited about it, I'm like, okay, I'm just not playing anymore (laughs) because this is a miracle. You know, like this poor woman has been, you know, essentially lost all of her hair, hair thinning, and to get excited about having to shave, fantastic. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) So funny. What about the thyroid? I have heard it a billion times. You can't be keto. You can't be carnivore for a long period of time because you're going to get thyroid issues. What do you say to that? Hmm. Well, I would love it. Okay, go ahead, Church. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, I actually would uh, love it if, my uh, my own mother, who has no thyroid, if she would eat more carnivore. She doesn't have to be 100% all in. I can't convince her otherwise. Um, she likes her sad diet. So, you know, but, you know, I just don't see how that serves her and her thyroid issues um, long term. I do see what damage the medication is doing to her body. Mm. I do see that. Mm. Um, yeah long-term, oh, you know, centroid use, not good. Um, I will share with you guys that, uh, you know, my husband just recently got diagnosed with Hashimoto's. So this will be something that we are definitely going to be paying more and more attention to um, and making sure that we, you know, allow him to eat what he needs to eat in order to sustain a low TSH level. But as far as I can tell, um, carnivore is the proper human diet. It's a quote, Dr. Ken Berry. And I cannot see if his own wife eats mostly carnivore and she's had Hashimoto's for years, how somebody uh, could say that it would damage the thyroid. Is your I don't have any signs to back that up, by the way. That's okay. Maybe. 
<laughs> he is not. But he okay. doesn't touch a vegetable, Pim. Not one. Not a vegetable, <laughs> not a fruit. His non-carnivore is like, you know, he likes those keto treats that Emily was talking about earlier. Right. So they Can't get him away from those. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, he's mostly, and he's done a really good job of trying, but he just can't get away from those sweet ones. You know? okay. We're working on it. <laughs> okay. What about osteopenia or osteoporosis? So this is a great question. I One of the things I will say is that a lot of times when um, what we'll see is on carnivore that women's weight will go up, but their body size will go down. Well, where's the weight going? <laughs> where's it happening? <laughs> and so oftentimes what's happening is that, the, 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 yeah, they're, they're spitting in smaller closes and yet they weigh more. And uh, oftentimes they'll report that the, the, the cellulite, the vision of the cellulite is smoother and their skin is smoother and the, the shape of the fat has literally changed. And so uh, what we tend to think is happening, what seems to be happening is stronger bones, more muscles. The fat is actually dissipating and we're getting a body recomposition so that we're getting a denser, stronger uh, uh, human form out of this. So 